And I want to say uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving week to you. And welcome to those of you who are here in the house of God. Welcome to those of you who continue to join us online, all the Rev City Church family online, wherever you're joining us from today. Trust that the presence of God's already been a blessing to you and filled your, your home with his presence. And trust that he speaks to you through the word of God today as well. Hey, if you have your Bible with you, turn or click to Philippians chapter four. There's a couple scriptures that we'll touch on before we get there, but that's the first one we're really going to dig into today. And listen, I want to talk to you about what it looks like in God's kingdom, according to God's word, to give thanks, to really begin to live with an attitude of gratitude. And listen, I know that can sound kind of cliche at this time of year, but I believe this is a powerful message found in God's word. One that I am personally passionate about delivering every year to us as a church family because I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. It's one of the things that if you and I will really grab onto, I mean, open your heart to receive today a new or fresh revelation about how to live this out. I believe it's one of the things that can forever change our lives, our marriages, our families, and, and our futures. Listen, commit today to hear what God is speaking to you. And can we agree in advance that whatever God speaks to us, we will not just be hearers of God's word like James warns us against, but we'll go and we'll begin to be doers of this revelation. I'm just telling you, I promise you, if you'll go and you'll, and you'll commit to live this out this week, listen, I'm grateful that we have a Thanksgiving holiday that's a set apart time to maybe take account and give, give thanks for some of the blessings that we've had. Come on, even in the midst of a difficult year and some storms and unexpected challenges that we've run into, I'm grateful that we have a holiday, but more than a holiday, this is a kingdom lifestyle according to God's word. And I want to dig into God's word this morning and show you all the blessings, the provision and the protection that God brings about when we walk out this principle in our lives, having an attitude of gratitude. Listen, I often remind us of four things that I believe God values and calls us to prioritize. And because these four things are filled with power, potential, and promise, these four things are opposed by the enemy. Listen, you need to understand that. That wherever you're experiencing a battle, maybe it's because it's a place of power, promise, or potential in your life. I mean, some of you, in some ways, you might even find a dose of encouragement. There's a battle over your marriage because there's power, promise, and potential that God has invested into your marriage. There's a battle over your heart or your mind because there's something that God has called you to dream and conceive that God is want, wants to bless and use for the glory of God and the building of God's kingdom for the changing of many lives. There's a battle over your ability to raise your kids to not just believe in God, but to know God and serve God because there is kingdom destiny, power, and potential that he's invested in their lives. It's the reason that the enemy is opposing and resisting. Anywhere there's power, potential, or purpose in God's kingdom for you as a believer, you better expect, just predetermine it, just make up your mind. You're not gonna be discouraged when the enemy shows up and opposes or resists. And so there's four things I often encourage us with that have value, power, potential, and purpose in God's kingdom, that if we as God's people will embrace, I mean, there's a lot of things we could embrace or talk about. There's other things that could be on this list, but I believe it, that if we'll prioritize these four things, it's a pathway to walking in the blessing of God's kingdom. That, that if we will stay connected to God's presence, that we, if we will stay connected to God's people, if we will stay connected to God's promises, which are found in his word, and if we will stay connected to God's purposes, come on, the things that he's called you to do, 
the things that he's called you to be. Man of God, woman of God, the things that he's called you to be as a husband, as a, as a wife, as a mom, as a servant in this church, as a servant in this community, the purposes of God. If we'll stay connected to the presence of God, the people of God, the purposes of God and the promises of God, it's a life, it leads us to a life of blessing. But listen, the enemy is opposing these things. The enemy is resisting these things. We have to make up our mind. We are going to be willing to fight for these things. I wanna to talk to you this morning about how living a life of thanksgiving helps to position you to protect, preserve, and advance these four areas, these four important kingdom priorities in the lives of believers. And number one is God's presence. That being thankful is a part of opening up it's a pathway to experiencing more of God's presence. Psalm 95, two says this, let us come before him with what? Thanksgiving. Psalm 100 verse four says, enter his gates with what? Thanksgiving and his courts with praise. That God is giving us some inside information here. The Exodus chapter 34 talks about God being a jealous God. But God's, God's jealous for, for your heart, your time, your affection. He, he wants a relationship with you. He was never interested in organizing a religion. He, he wants a relationship with you. He, he, he sees all the time that we tend to give to this, that, or the other. And he's a jealous guy, but listen, you need to hear this. That might be true, but he's anything but selfish. He's anything but selfish. And everything that he calls us to in his word Everything that he warns us to avoid in his word is all because he wants us to be positioned and postured to walk in the fullness of his blessing in life. And so he's calling us to do this, not because he has self-esteem issues. He's calling us to do this, to come before him, to praise him, to worship him, to give him thanks, to approach him with thanksgiving, because he understands that it's the posture and position that allows us to experience more of his presence. And listen, how many of you believe and know that with everything that we're up against, come on, there's some storms that continue to rage. There's some questions that continue to linger. There's some things that we may, might not know how it's gonna go this way or that way. We need to be found in the presence of God. I'm just telling you, you need to hear me today. There's a strength that you find. There's a hope that you find. There's a grace that you encounter when you commit as a man of God, a woman of God, come on, a follower of Christ to be found in his presence. And listen, I, I just feel led to encourage you, maybe, just maybe, if today you're here and you find yourself weak, weary, spiritually dry, is it possible, would you be willing to be real with yourself right now? And to ask yourself, am I finding my hope and my strength in the presence of God? Or have I allowed myself to be so consumed with the things that are swirling around me in life, the busyness, the hectic nature of life, maybe the unexpected turns, maybe you didn't expect to be homeschooling your four kids, but you are, and you've allowed those things to, to swirl around you and you realize you're spiritually dry, weak, weary, or wounded. Be real with yourself, just ask yourself, am I finding my strength in the presence of God? And listen, if you're real with yourself and the answer is no, and listen, there's never condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But there is a Holy Spirit conviction. And the condemnation of the enemy tries to keep your nose rubbed into your past, your failures, your misgivings, your missteps. The spirit of, con of conviction 
rather, is the Holy Spirit of God saying, I am reminding you of this. I am revealing this to you. I am shining my loving light on this area of your life because I desire to reconnect you. I desire to lead you out of where you're at. That hard place, that dark place, that place where you've been running to that is not God, that, that person or that thing that you've been running to that is not God. There's a spirit of conviction that the Holy Spirit will bring not to keep you there like condemnation intends to do, but to invite you and lead you back to the place of blessing, back onto the pathway, the race that God has called you to run. Would you be real with yourself? Are you finding your strength in this season? Come on, more than ever. I'm just telling you, man of God, woman of God, you need to be found in the presence of God. And thanksgiving is the pathway to receiving and encountering more of the presence of God. Let us come before him with thanksgiving. Oh, is it just me? Or can I fall into the temptation of kind of coming before God just with all the things I need and I want? And he says, come before me with thanksgiving. Come before me with thanksgiving. I mean, listen, I, I just realized that sometimes my prayer time with God is nothing more than just a grumbling session and a complaint session. All the things that I need God to do and all the things that were supposed to go this way and it looks like they're going this way. And he says, would you just come before me giving thanks? And just watch how it allows you to begin to apprehend and, re and, and receive my presence in a way that brings hope and strength to you. That allows you to go and experience a grace to, to tackle some of the real challenges or to find the grace to overcome the real mountains or, or, or to, to to, to bridge the divide that really exists in your life between, in a relationship or, or a financial need, be found in his presence. Listen, would you receive that this morning? And would you commit right now before we move on to point two, whatever it looks like for you, to go beyond just being a hearer of that word? What's it look like for you? Starting today, tonight when you lay down to your, your head to go to bed, what's it look like for you? to go before God's presence with thanksgiving and just say, Lord, I thank you. There were some challenges in my day, but I'm thankful for another day that you graced me. And I thank you, Lord, for what you're gonna do in my life. I thank you for this night's rest. What's it look like for you? I mean, don't just be a hearer, be a doer of God's word. Come before his presence. Find your strength, your hope, your life in him. Come before him with thanksgiving. Number two, God's people. God's people that walking in an attitude of gratitude, making a commitment to be thankful for the people that God has placed in your life is, number, the number, is one of the number one ways that we can preserve and protect the relationships that God has entrusted to us. Listen, the Bible describes the, the enemy of our soul as the accuser of the brethren. And listen, you need to understand something, that uh, the enemy is, is a low down dirty dog. He doesn't fight fair. He doesn't play fair. He looks for strategic opportunities to destroy the relationships that are most important. The, come on, those relationships that have the, the most power, the most potential, the most purpose tied up within those relationships, those are the very places that you can expect for the enemy to show up and try to create a division, create a doubt, sow strife, sow discord, create the opportunity for there to be a, div a division in a kingdom relationship. He's the accuser of the brethren. And perhaps more than anything, gratitude for the people that God puts in your life preserves and protects relationships. Listen, we often in relationships lose sight of the things that bless us from that person, that relationship. Over time, the enemy causes us. I see it all the time when I have the privilege and the blessing to sit with married couples and, and to just hear the heart of God and bring godly counsel into their marriage when they're up against problems. 
Countless times over and over again, the enemy over time causes us to begin to begin to begin to be rather more focused on the challenges, the disappointments or the frustrations than all the reasons and things that we have to be thankful for about that person. And and, and look what the Bible says. Let's just go to God's word. Philippians four, verse two through nine. And the first part of it, you might expect to be part of this message on giving thanks and attitude of gratitude. But watch what happens when we get to verse eight. But start in verse six. Do not be anxious about anything. Somebody say anything. But in every situation, say every, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Reading on verse eight, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I see it over and over and over again. And here's the, here's the thing is it's no accident. It's because there's an enemy of your soul who the Bible describes as the accuser of the brethren. And we allow ourselves to become entangled with frustration, a disappointment towards someone. And again, someone that's near and dear to you. Most times, more often than not, the people that are closest to you, there's a tendency for those relationships to come under the greatest attack. And just think about it. I mean, I I hope it's not just me because I'd feel bad about it if it was. But I have a tendency to put on a a good face when I go out to be around people that don't know me well. In the times where I'm struggling, in the times where I'm weak, in the times where I'm hurting, it tends to be the people that are closest to me that get the worst of me. tends to be the people that are closest to me that I lash out at and that get the frustration and get the things that have welled up inside of me. And I'm just telling you, don't allow the enemy of your soul to steal the sense of gratitude and appreciation for the people that God has blessed you with and put into your life. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Your, your marriage is not exempt from this principle. Here's what it's not. It's not, a, it's not an excuse for not improving or focusing on the things that you need to get better at. Listen, hear me, husbands. If it matters to your wife, it ought to matter to you. Don't go home. I do not want to get an email from your wife saying, saying he, she, he told me to stop telling him to pick his underwear up, up off the bathroom floor. And just think about the good things about me. If it matters to her, it should matter to you. But listen, I'm telling you, don't allow the enemy to cause you to become so focused on the, on the, on the, on the subtle things that grow to become irritations or disappointments that become frustrations. And we, become to, we begin to meditate on those things. And, and some of those things, by the way, you even at one point when you were courting that person and dating that person and hoping to win them to become your husband or win your wife or be your wife, you actually thought it was cute about them. And now the same thing that you once kind of kind of had a, 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 this kind of appreciation for is now a frustration that's potentially driving a wedge into your relationship. Don't allow the enemy to steal your sense of gratitude for the people that God has blessed you with in your life. I mean, stay grateful for that husband. Stay grateful for that wife. And just present the needs, the challenges, the frustrations, the disappointments to God and trust God to do a work in their life. 
and begin to look for the opportunities to go and say, hey, I want to thank you about the way that you work so hard to provide or the way that you are so good with the kids or whatever in the midst of the disappointments and the challenges, the places where they really need to grow. Look for those things that are good, admirable, pure, true, trustworthy. Go and, and begin to acknowledge and affirm those things because here's the thing. It will unlock their heart to desire to want to change. And, I, and no person, few people are criticized into change. I'm just telling you, most people, it's the, it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Don't lose the sense of gratitude for the people that God has blessed you with. Don't allow something trivial. Listen, there are a lot of, there are a lot of potholes and traps and pits that God, that the enemy rather has laid before us in this season. Doing life, doing marriage, doing family, there's always opportunities for there to be strife or misunderstanding or whatever because we're living life close to one another. And by the way, that's part of what God's design is. He, he puts people, he puts us in relationship with people because he puts us in places that constantly require us to desperately need him. I mean, you need the grace of God and the mercy of God to be a good husband or a good wife or a good parent. But in this season, there are all kinds of traps and pitfalls. They want to have Thanksgiving. I'm not ready to have Thanksgiving. They're willing to have Thanksgiving, but only if we wear the mask. I'm not ready to wear the mask at Thanksgiving. I think it's dumb. I think we shouldn't have to do it. They're, they're ready to, to do this or that. I'm telling you, don't let something trivial that is going to pass. The season we're walking through will pass. I'm just telling you. And not just because, hear me on this. Not just because of the development of a couple of vaccines. I'm grateful for that. Come on, God should get the glory for that. But because a miracle working God has always been part of the equation. He's always been part of the equation. So don't let something that's about to be over that has some trivial things that, that could trip us up. Don't let something like that cause you to, to allow for there to become a wedge built in your heart towards someone or them towards you that could potentially cause a pitfall in a relationship. Be grateful. Remain grateful. Walk this out. Whatever's good, whatever's true, whatever's pure, whatever's holy, whatever's right. I'm going to just meditate on that. When the enemy tries to come and remind me of the disappointment or the frustration, or I thought they should have said this or done this, I'm just going to, I'm just going to put, the, put the brakes on the enemy and say, you, you, not today, Satan. I am thankful and grateful for my husband, my spouse, my wife, my pastor, whoever it is that you're coming to try to accuse me against or accuse them to me. Not today, Satan. I'm grateful for the people that you've blessed me with in my life. Someone ought to say amen. Perspective is, perspective is helpful. Perspective is powerful. Perspective is powerful. Listen, some of the frustrations that we have or the disappointments or whatever, if you just had an opportunity. Listen, that's why I, I look forward every year to taking our kids and going and being a part of this Thanksgiving outreach because they get to go and they get to see some people that are hurting and struggling and needy in a way that maybe they haven't experienced before. Perspective is powerful. It causes you to realize maybe things aren't as bad for me as I thought they were. We became foster parents recently and just a handful of the assignments that we've had, and they've been few and far between. And what's really tragic is that we, we, even, we even called, we said, listen, we're, don't you know that we're ready to, to, to receive some placements? And they said, well, things have really slowed down. And, and, and they said, because most of the reporting comes from teachers and schools and school counselors and, and churches, and most of that has kind of been on pause. And, and so here's what I know is that the abuse and the neglect and the hurt and the pain has not ceased in most cases because of the stress of the season. It's probably increased and the reporting just isn't happening. So you need to be in prayer for people. But we became foster parents and we've only had a couple of assignments, a couple of placements but I'm telling you quickly, we began to realize that what some kids and what some families and what some people are going through, 
makes the problems and the inconveniences and the things that we're up against that seem like big mountains, they start to look a little bit smaller when you consider some of the things that other people are going through in life. And I'm just telling you, whatever you're up against, it might be a real challenge, a real need, a real, a real need for a breakthrough. If you'll just allow yourself to just kind of become familiar with someone else's need, sometimes it brings perspective that helps you realize maybe things aren't as bad for me as they seem. And maybe there's some things I can, in the midst of my challenge, be, remain grateful for. Stay connected to God's presence. Stay connected to God's people. Don't let that accuser of the brethren in. I mean, shut the door on the devil when he comes and he tries to get you to focus on the things that would potentially cause you to have a division in a relationship. Number three, God's purposes. First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, another scripture you might anticipate for me to include in a message about giving thanks and an attitude of gratitude. And it says this, verse 16, rejoice always. Somebody say always. always. Pray continually. Someone say continually. And give thanks in all circumstances. Say all. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You might say, I can just hear you right now. I say, wait a minute, Pastor T. That's God's will for me? You're always telling us that God has a big plan, a big hope, a big future for our life, and this is the will of God? Listen, I'm telling you, he does have a big plan for your life. It's, it's big, it's good, it's filled with hope. It's, it's a future, it's a hope-filled future according to Jeremiah. But Ephesians 3.20 says this, he who is able to do immeasurably, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. He wants to do even more than we could ask, think, or imagine. And listen, I just felt led in this season to come and remind someone that you need to continue to ask, think, or imagine about the future that God has for you. That some of the ways, some of the disappointments, some of the frustrations, some of the delays, some of the inconveniences, some of the things that have happened in 2020 that we didn't ask for or maybe ever expect, that the thing, the plan, the hope, the future that God has called you to, the ministry, the marriage, the family, the children, the breakthrough that he has called you to, 2020 was always part of the plan. God has not been caught off guard by some things we're going through. He always knew we would be where we are today, and he always knew it would be part of the recipe that he was cooking in your life to get you to the finished product. So don't quit asking, thinking, dreaming, because God's part is to do the more. He'll do more than what? What we ask, think, or imagine. God's part is to do the more, but the way we ask, think, and imagine establishes the floor. He'll do more than what we ask, more than what we think, more than what we imagine. Somebody needs to hear me today. Don't allow some of the challenges, disappointments, setbacks, delays to put you on the sidelines of asking, thinking, and imagining what God wants to do in your life, your marriage, your family, your business for your future. So, but there's a principle here. This is the will of God. Rejoice always. Always pray. Continually pray. And give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. In all circumstances. Yes, even in 2020. For this is God's will for your life. This is a kingdom pattern to discovering, experiencing, and enjoying the purposes of God for your life. Always rejoice, always pray, be thankful in every circumstance. And you know, there's something that I say often and I believe it wholeheartedly. Because God does have some things. He's got a new, he's got a next, he's got a more from, for you. I'm just telling you, I can say that with confidence to every last one of you, regardless of where you are today, in your personal faith, in your marriage, in your family, in your finances, there's more that God wants to do. The Bible says he wants to raise us up and grow us from strength to strength, from glory to glory. There's more that he wants to do in your life. I say this often, the pathway to the new, 
the next and the more of God in your life is always faithfulness with the now of God. Faithful, faithfulness with the now of God. What has God put in your hand? What relationship? What opportunity? What job? What has God put in your hand that you can be faithful with right now? The pathway to the new, the next, the more, the thing that God wants to do and deliver you to is always faithfulness with the now of God. Be faithful with it. Be, be thankful for it. And listen, perhaps I could say that a different way. The pathway to the new, next, and more of God in your life is thankfulness for the now of God. Because here's what God really began to show me, that thankful precedes faithful. That when we really, I mean in a God-inspired way, become thankful for something or someone in our life, it motivates us to be faithful. I mean, come on, if you're really thankful, I mean, you recognize, God, this is a blessing from you. This person, this opportunity, this job, this car that barely runs, you know, this is a blessing. I'm thankful for it. I don't take it for granted. I'm not going to fall into the pitfall of comparison, what they have or what he has or what she has or what I think that I ought to have. I'm thankful for what you've already blessed me with today. That's the pathway to be faithful with what God has already blessed you with today. Faithfulness opens up the heart of God. The Bible says that he who is faithful with little will be faithful with much. There's a principle that invokes responsibility on our part, but there's a blessing that lies within that principle as well. You be faithful with little and you just watch what God does because he's looking for good stewards. He's looking for people who are thankful and faithful with the people, the opportunities, the things that God has blessed you with. Thankful leads to faithful. Am I truly grateful for what God's done in my life already, for who he's made me, and more importantly, who he is fashioning and making me as a new creation in Christ Jesus? Number four, God's promises, and we'll end right here. Philippians 4, once again, says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Thankful, thanksgiving is associated in this passage with the peace of God guarding and protecting your heart. Listen, that's a good promise. That's a good promise. And listen, with especially everything that we're walking through in this season, we could stand for there to be something beyond our own capability to guard and protect our hearts and our minds. All kinds of challenges presenting full-scale attacks of discouragement that leads to depression, which if not healed in the presence of God can lead to despair. But he says, if you'll just be thankful, if, if you'll resist the schemes to be anxious and if you'll just, if you'll just come into my presence and, and with thanksgiving begin to tell me the struggles that you're having, the challenges that you're up against, the needs that you have in your life, the hopes and dreams that are unfulfilled, if you'll begin to just present them before me with thanksgiving, he says, I will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That, that word right there, guard, is a strong word. In the Greek, in the original language, it's the Greek word for rail. And if you go and if you look into it, it's a strong word. It's a military term. That means to establish a guard, a military type guard, to prevent hostile invasions or to preserve the inhabitants of a besieged city from taking flight. He's saying thankfulness, gratitude. If you'll just remain thankful, 
I'll come in and there's a peace that you can begin to apprehend that transcends understanding. It's not fleeting and circumstantial like the peace that the world offers. It's deep and it's abiding and it brings about a peace that will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ Jesus. Listen, when I attend, when I have the temptation rather to begin to just become discouraged or grumbling or complaining this or that, what they said they were going to do and they didn't do what I thought was going to go this way and it's going this way. I've learned to begin to just quickly, I do it better now than I used to do to just quickly begin to recognize that that's the enemy coming and trying to draw me into a place of depression and despair. And I'm telling you, my family can tell you, and people around the staff of this church can tell me, they'll hear me all the time walking the halls of this church and walking up and down the stairs of our house. And I'm just saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And many times what they don't know is that I am combating the voice of the enemy in that very moment. The enemy who's coming and saying, who do you think you are to establish the heart for the kingdom fund and think that your church can really make a difference in your community? Who do you think you are? And in that moment, I just began to say, thank you, Jesus. It's not because of my might or my strength. It's not because of my intellect or my intelligence. It's not because of anything that I could do. It's, but it's, it will happen by the grace of God because we are just being faithful to obedient to the call of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm just telling you, when the enemy comes against you with that attack of discouragement that can lead to depression, which can lead to despair, I'm telling you that Thanksgiving is more than just good Christian behavior or good manners that we teach our kids. It's a, it's a powerful spiritual weapon to combat the enemy. Just begin to give thanks. Just begin to give praise. Listen, there's a principle in God's word and it says submit to God, resist the enemy and he will what? Flee. God's omniscient. He's everywhere. He's all knowing the enemy is not. He's a strategist and he's an opportunist. Remember what the Bible says? He goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And he operates off of what he sees and what he hears. And I just wonder if maybe one of the ways that we can resist the enemy, one of the ways that we can submit to God, what would it look like? I mean, I just believe this is true. That he sends his best attack. I mean, he has devised something, a scheme against your life, a scheme against your health, a scheme against your marriage, a scheme against your mind. And when that scheme has been launched, he looks down and he sees someone in the midst of the cancer diagnosis, in the midst of the financial downturn, in the midst of the business that's not going the way that you thought it was going to go, continuing to stand and give thanks and praise to God in the midst of the storm. I think the devil looks down. I think it's what it means when it says we can resist the devil and he'll flee. He looks down and he says, I gave it my best shot, my dead level best. And they're still standing on the promises of God, giving thanks and praise to the God who made them, saved them, loves them, knows them, and has a future for them. Maybe that's what it takes to cause them to flee. Yeah, I mean, I'm just telling you, an attitude of gratitude is more than good Christian behavior or manners we train our children in. It's a powerful spiritual weapon. It says, give thanks. You bring your requests before me with thanksgiving. You mean, Pastor T, I'm, I'm supposed to already give thanks for something before God's done it? Is that what you're telling me? Yes, it's what God's telling us. Well, why? Because giving thanks for something before God has brought about the answer, has met the need, has helped you to pay the debt, has reconciled the relationship or healed the body is the ultimate expression of faith. And the Bible says that faith is how we receive and walk in the promises of God. 
And I mean, just think about it. When you begin to, to just say, thank you, Lord, for healing my body. Thank you, Lord, for providing for the need. Thank you, Lord, for opening the door. Thank you, Lord, for bringing the, the, the grandchild or the child back to serving you and knowing you. Thank you, Lord, whatever it is. Thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. It blows out the middle ground of doubt and disbelief. It settles it in your heart. God, who is, who he says he is, and has seen me through some things before in this season of, of need, he will do it again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand to your feet and let's prepare to worship the Lord? Listen, we do it. We understand it all the time in the natural. And if you received a letter, say you received a letter from someone in your life that you knew was exceedingly wealthy and you knew they had character of integrity and a heart of generosity. And they wrote you a letter and you received the letter from this person and you knew you were curious about what it would say just based on who was the center of the letter. You began to open it and you began to read and in the letter, what you began to discover is that this person was saying, I I've seen the struggles that you've gone through. I've seen the challenges that you've walked through. And I've seen that you've accumulated a, a debt as you've tried to find your own way and your own strength out of the problems, the disappointments, the failures, the missteps of life. And this wealthy person wrote you this letter and said, I'm taking care of all the debt that you have accumulated. I'm paying it. I'm paying it with my resources. The debt that you can never pay, I understand it's insurmountable. I'm taking care of it for you. And they went on as you read on and they said, and I realized that you've been orphaned and abandoned by your family. And he said, and, and the letter said, I'm also adopting you to become part of my family. And it's not just any family, it's a royal family. And as such, you will have access to a royal inheritance. It's an inheritance that is so exceedingly great. You could try, but you would never be able to expend it in this life or the next. If you received a letter like that, and before an ounce of those promises, before a penny of the promise could be delivered into your bank account, you ran into that person who was the sender of that letter, how would you respond? With gratitude, I mean overwhelming gratitude. I have a, I have a feeling that because of the reality of the insurmountable, unpayable debt that they had committed to pay, you might even find yourself on your hands and knees, weeping before them saying, I received your letter and I can't believe that you would extend something like that to a person like me. That's what the Bible is. It's a letter from a heavenly father who saw that you had accrued such a debt that was insurmountable, you could never pay it in your own strength. He saw that you were isolated, orphaned, abandoned, neglected, rejected. And he said, I'm sending my son to make you part of a royal family. And as such, you're going to have a part of an inheritance that will last for eternity. What else can we do? I mean, what else can we do if we really believe that? And I know that you do. I know that we do. But the enemy, I mean, I'm just telling you, he's always coming to try to steal our focus and steal our attention off of the greatness, the reality of what Jesus has done in our lives and cause us to become more focused on the problems, the struggles, the failures. And today I'm telling you, I'm encouraging you, I'm reminding you, and I'm asking the Holy Spirit would reveal to you to walk in a posture of gratitude and thanksgiving to God. 
and just watch how God will do what he says he'll do. Protect and guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Protect you against the attacks of the enemy that, that, that come and tell you, who are you to think that you can go to the presence of God when the word of God actually says that we can now, because of Jesus Christ, his shed blood, his risen life, come boldly to the presence of God to the attacks of the enemy that comes and, 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 and tries to cause you to experience division, separation, isolation, and even divorce and relationships where we can begin to say, Lord, I'm thankful for those people that you've blessed me with. We might have some challenges. There are some opportunities for improvement, but I'm not going to allow the enemy to cause me to lose my sense of gratitude for the people that you've blessed me with in my life. I'm so thankful for your promises, Lord, and for your purposes in my life. I'm not gonna allow the enemy to come and cause me to be more aware of what I don't have than what I do have. I'm gonna start to be thankful and faithful with what you've already put in my hand. And I'm thankful, Lord, that what it will cause is, Lord, an opportunity for you to look down and see there's my servant who's being faithful and thankful and, and faithful to steward what I've already blessed him with. And then it's an opportunity for us to align ourselves in a way that allows you to begin to pour out your blessings upon us in Jesus' mighty name. Right where you are, people of God, would you just begin to respond? Ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, what are you speaking to me? Come on, just ask him right where you stand. Lord, what are you speaking to me? What's my part in receiving this word? Is there a place in my life, a relationship? Maybe it's your relationship with God. Maybe there's a fresh gratitude that you need to have for the word of God. You've taken it for granted. And as such, maybe you haven't been spending time in the word of God. Maybe there's a fresh gratitude and appreciation that God wants to stir for his word today. That's gonna cause you to to no longer allow it to just gather dust on your bookshelf. But you're gonna to begin to get it out and say, Lord, I'm so thankful. This is the written word of God. It's living, it's powerful, it's active, it's filled with promises and hope for my future. I'm not gonna take it for granted anymore. Maybe it's a person in your life that you've taken for granted. Maybe it's the enemy coming in and, and allowing you to just dwell more on the disappointments, the frustrations or the aggravations in your marriage than all the things that you have to be thankful for about that precious man or woman that God's blessed you with. What is it? Just say, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? What's my part in this message? I trust that as you're asking him, he's speaking to you. Much as I care about seeing you walk this out, God cares about it even more. And now whatever it is that he's speaking to you, would you just, just respond, just in your heart, under your breath, just begin to just respond. Say, thank you, Lord, for showing that to me. Thank you, Lord, that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but there is a spirit of conviction and that you're, you're revealing this to me and in me because you wanna heal something in me. And Lord, now I just thank you for the grace, the grace, the grace of God. Man, I'm so thankful for the grace of God, the grace and the mercy of God, the mercy of God, which is me not getting what I deserved and the grace of God, which is me having access to things I never could possibly deserve. Thank you for the grace of God, Lord, to go and walk this out, to live it out well this week. Thank you, Lord, for the ability in, in your people by your grace to go and be obedient, Lord, to, to have the conversation, to begin to not just be thankful, but begin to give thanks, to, to, to discover their voice and gratitude, Lord, towards you as their heavenly father, towards their kids, their spouse, their employees, whatever it is, God, I thank you that you would grace us to go and live this message well. Not just Thanksgiving week, but every week. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. And lastly, before we worship and dismiss you, I mean, the most important thing that we do every time we gather is give people an opportunity to give their lives to Jesus. Give people an opportunity to do what we sang earlier and we're about to sing now, run to the Father. To run to the Father. To run to the Father. Listen, I, I, 
Maybe you once knew God, you grew up in the church and life has happened and you've been distracted by things and you realize today you're far from him. You're far from him. And you're what the Bible would describe as a prodigal son or daughter. Listen, we believe it with all of our heart. If that's you today, you are not hearing this. You are not in this moment by accident. It's because of the heart of a good father who's calling you, who's longing for you to come home to him, to a relationship with him that transcends religion. Or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and experienced what it feels like to have the weight of your guilt, your sin, your shame lifted off of you, removed from you, according to God's word, as far as the east is from the west. Listen, if that's you right now, because of what he's doing in your heart, because of what God's doing in your heart, calling you back home, reminding you of his love for you, extending the offer of forgiveness, a fresh start, a new start, a clean heart. Because of what he's doing in your heart, we, we wanna encourage you and ask you to just respond with an outward sign of lifting your hand right now. Just lift your hand. Say, that's me, I'm coming home. I'm coming home, that's me, I need a savior. That's me, I received the forgiveness of Jesus today in a fresher, a new way. Listen, if you're online with us, Maybe you're not with anyone else, but I still think it would be powerfully important for you to maybe stand to your feet and just lift your hand towards heaven. Because none of us are responding to a preacher or a pastor, you're responding to a heavenly father. One more moment to just respond. Thank you, Lord. And now here's what we're gonna do. If you're a part of this church family, you know what's coming. We pray this prayer together with those of you who lifted your hand responding to Jesus, we're gonna pray this prayer with you. And we do it for a couple of reasons. One is to quickly show those who are responding to Jesus today that there's a church family that wants to come alongside them and encourage and strengthen them in their fresher new faith in Jesus. And two, we do it together every week because it reminds us that even as we're growing in our faith, we never graduate from grace. We still need Jesus today as much as we ever have. So come on, church family, pray this with everything that's in your heart. Repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I recognize my need for a savior. And I thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price that I could never pay to make a way that I might have a new life and a fresh start. And I give you that life and I give you my trust. And because of Jesus, because of the cross of Jesus, I'll never be the same. Come on, say it again. I'll never be the same. And then rejoice with all of heaven, with all the precious people who came home to Jesus today. Hey, come on, let's worship the Lord together one more time and then we'll come and dismiss you and get you about your day.